Okay, welcome to our third podcast, Becoming Multidimensional. I'm Christine. And I'm Eliza. And we are so happy to be here with you today for today's episode, Activating Your Inner Physician, which is a topic that I am so passionate about and really the heart and soul of this is healing ourselves. Yeah, um, this is gonna be a really beautiful conversation today. So today we're going to begin with a little small prayer. So if you feel compelled to join us in this, to just have a little small prayer, you may, if you're not driving, close your eyes and just listen and come along with us. I align with the energy of restoration and renewal. My health is perfect. Divine energy runs freely through my body. It washes vitality and pure source energy through all the cells in my body, creating harmony with every aspect of me as it pours through. I allow myself to engage with life in a way that amplifies my sense of aliveness. So we'll begin with that. And we are going to move into this conversation of how to activate this part of your being that is your inner physician. For the sake of this conversation, we're going to refer to something that's really quite large into this small, narrow window to try to take some very complex ideas and make them as simple as we can. Yeah, I'm just so excited about today's conversation. Uh, but before we launch into it, Christine, I know you wanted to say a little piece about how this is not medical advice, everyone. Yes. So, you know, we know that some of you who are listening will listen to all of our podcasts and some will just listen to this one. And so Eliza and I want to make it very clear that this is in no way a substitute for medical advice, um, a, a session with your therapist or your coach. These conversations are best based on our personal experience and our opinions only. And so we, with this particular conversation, is designed to really empower you and to come into deeper connection with a part of yourself that has access to realms of information. However, this is, to be very, very clear, by no means a substitute for professional help. 100%. This is a compliment. And I just want to also say, take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. It doesn't all have to resonate with you. Maybe only a piece of it will. So we are in no means pushing our beliefs on you. We just are excited about sharing our experience. Um, and this topic specifically is one that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. So thank you, Eliza. That's all of those things are, are very true. And we always feel that way. We're never trying to push a belief or an idea. With this particular conversation, there this is not just a conversation for someone who is experiencing a health challenge. In my opinion, healing is a journey. You may have an illness that is something that you are trying to recover from or a shift or change in your life, 
You may also just want to feel better and more vibrant and more alive in your day-to-day life. Eliza and I have, um, which I love this, we have some different experiences on a healing journey where mine has been a very slow and steady healing journey where I've discovered ways to bring a sense of greater alignment into my life through being radically honest with myself about what my emotions are, what my part in past situations may have been, and bringing healing to these things along the way. And life happens, right? So we're constantly recalibrating our past situations. And so for me, healing is about feeling as alive and healthy in my body as I can, which requires this sort of maintenance and conversation with my inner physician. And I am in very close relationship with my own inner physician. It is a really important relationship to me. So Eliza has um, a very different story than my story. And as all of you have radically different stories. So we hope that through this conversation, you feel empowered to, um, to really access this part of you and perhaps believe that you have access to this part of you that can bring true healing and vitality to your life. Absolutely. My journey has been, I think of kind of like a rickety roller coaster where there's a lot of like (laughs) jerking and, and then you're like having the best time ever. And then you're like, am I going to fall off the roller coaster? Is there a fire in the roller coaster? Um, And yeah, so it's definitely been more of a going through the fire than like a subtle journey. But I know that there are greater fires. I have clients who have gone through much more uh, house fire type fires than I have. But my real takeaway has been coming from belief systems where I felt that I was going to be dependent on substances or something else. Really, the through line is something outside of myself. I felt, you know, that I was going to be dependent for the rest of my life. And through activating my inner physician and going on my spiritual journey, I really do believe that healing, by the way, is a lifelong and many lifelong process. But I'm in a a space where I I can't even really articulate how I don't have certain dependencies that I once had. And to me, that is a miracle. And if I can do it, literally anyone can do it. So if you are someone also, in addition, maybe you don't have anything that you are consciously wanting to heal, but maybe you do. So if my story can be a testimony that something beyond your thought is is possible and probable and likely and 100%. That's really why I'm passionate about this topic and why I want to share my experience. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting because for you, your your personal journey was you from the time I think you were nine that you, you had a, a fairly heavy dose of medication to feel okay in your body. And then you had this awakening and this connection to your inner physician that caused this radical transformation, which I think for most people is really possible. I do want to say, um, I think this is important because I know we'll get questions about this. And there are some areas of healing and wellness where there are just outliers and there is great mystery. We don't understand. I don't understand why some babies are born sick 
or why certain very um, tragic diseases happen with certain people. I think that we'll dive into, we do have ideas about that, but that's really not the basis of our conversation today. So we don't want to get too sidetracked. We just want to acknowledge that we understand that there are outliers beyond this conversation. We will circle back and have a conversation around that at a later date, but we just want to acknowledge that this conversation is, I think it can apply to everyone in terms of feeling a greater sense of balance and vitality, but we can't explain this this great mystery. Um, and I don't know that anyone with full certainty can explain that. There are just some things that are beyond our human mind, um, at least at this point in time. And to that point as well, another really strong belief that I have is that we are all individual. So even if you are someone who has a diagnosis that many people have, you are your own individual chemical, spiritual soul mosaic of a person. And so yes, one treatment may help many people, but I really do believe that we're all individuals in a beautiful way. So there are outliers and that's why I really look at healing and from a holistic perspective and from a very individual perspective. And I like to think of like a, the visual of a Venn diagram to kind of explain this. So there could be things that help a lot of people. There could be a lot of overlap. And yet I really want to empower everyone to activate their unique soul signature in order to choose what is best for them in any situation, but especially in their own healing journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I am going to attempt to speak fluidly about something that's a really complex idea and that I've been thinking about for the past little while. And so I'm going to do my best to to ex explain this idea because I want to give you something tangible to like, what does this even mean, the inner physician? So I believe that we're going to talk about as above so below. We're going to start there. And in your mind, envision a tree and see the branches above the tree reaching out, reaching towards the sun. And that's in one realm, in this realm of, 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 of the earth reaching up into the sky. If you go into the subterranean realm, you're going to see what looks very much like tree branches reaching down, growing down towards the earth in almost a mirror of each other. So we're going to start with that visual to help understand what I'm about to try to explain here. So our human brain works in a very compartmentalized way. We can only really think about one thing at a time, bring our awareness to one area. For example, if I were to say to you, tell me what's in your car right now, you would stop and you would think back to your car, the landscape of your car. Do you have gym clothes in there? A few water bottles thrown around? But it's not at the, you, could, you can access that information. You could go to where your car is right now and see what's happening there. Um, but it's not at the forefront of your mind. You have to access it with your intention and your awareness. So our brain works in these very compartmentalized ways. I am going to hypothesize that perhaps our soul works in a similar way, that our soul, we can, for the sake of a visualization, imagine as this giant brain full of all of this different information. So like our brain is 
consciously and unconsciously sending signals and electrical impulses from our brain down through our nervous system into our body to have our body unconsciously, our heartbeat, take a breath. We're not thinking about those things. Um, to consciously, I want to stand up and go get a drink. So I believe that it's possible that our soul may communicate with our brain in similar ways. And so what I am describing is connecting as opposed to being unconscious with this connection to your brain or to your soul from your brain to becoming more conscious. And if instead of seeing the soul as a brain, begin to imagine your soul as this giant disco ball. And within this giant disco ball of all of these little mirrors that are these different fragments of your being, maybe there's past lives in there, maybe there's other dimensions in there. All of your experiences for sure are in this life are tied up in there somewhere. So if you want to imagine, I want to eliminate a part of this soul essence and the part that holds the keys to healing and wisdom from this realm and other realms. So maybe you want to see this disco ball and see like a little green mirror begin to really shine and imagine that as your inner physician and begin to have this connection between you and this aspect of your larger being that can bring information, bring possibilities for healing. Now I've been talking for a while. And so I'm going to turn, we're going to come back to this idea, but now we're going to tell a little story. So I'm going to turn this over to Eliza so she can share something about her soul journey, her inner position that activated. So go ahead, Eliza. I love this concept and I'm, I'm inspired right now to talk about like the conscious and the unconscious aspects. Mm -hmm. So you have your soul, right? That is tapped into the branch the subterranean branches. So what is beyond you, which is tapped into other dimensions, other frequencies. It's a very quantum um, connection and then you also have your body, which is like the sort of tangible representation of that. Mm -hmm. So your body is unconsciously picking up signals. Like when you are craving certain foods, your body's needing those foods. You're not thinking, oh, I need more protein. Your body's telling you I need more protein. But connecting into the expanded subterranean aspects of you creates, it's like the conscious connection and that when you tap into that consciously and not unconsciously, you create a channel from that expanded space into your physical body so that information can flow. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell a little bit of a story about that expanded space and, and information that you can receive from that space. And it was a very significant experience that I had in Israel some years ago, and I was on a trip there, and we were at a graveyard, a very famous graveyard called Har Herschel, and we were walking around um, learning stories of some of the people that were buried there, and the tour guide stopped us at the grave of a very um, incredible, very brave woman, 
And he was telling us the story of her life. And everything that he said from the fact that she, you know, wrote poetry and her relationship with her father. And there was a lot of other details that were really specific and really resonated with me on a gut level. Um, And one of them, actually, a piece of her story was something that I had done as a child that I had never told a soul. And I had never heard of anyone doing this in my life. And it hit me actually like like a bullet. Um, And I remember standing there and feeling like in my gut, in my cells, that this was me. But I was also very confused because I always understood reincarnation as like a very linear concept of, okay, my soul is Eliza. And when I die, it's going to go into another body. Well, this didn't make sense to me because there were also pieces of her story that really were really brave and really incredible. And I remember thinking, actually, I could never have been that brave. So this can't be me. Like, no way. No way would I have done that. But some of the stuff, yes, 100%. Some of the stuff, no way. And I remember taking this to spirit. I was like, spirit, why am I like confused here? Like, what's going on? And in that moment, I saw all of this white light come out of the grave. With your eyes open, right? Yeah. And take the form of a body. And it was a woman's body. And in the body were like thousands of sparks of um, like moving pictures and energy And what I understood from the download from spirit in that moment was that our soul is a mosaic. So it's not just a one into another. We are a mosaic of basically source. So it's a very, um, it's like all of our souls are really connected. And so there are pieces of us that reincarnate and pieces of us make up the beautiful creation that we each are. So there was a piece of me that was in her soul, which is why some of the information hit me on such a deep level. And a lot of um, past life regressionists and uh, spiritual teachers will talk about this because many people will have similar memories of like being Cleopatra, for example, in a past life. And people are like this, how is this possible? Well, it's possible because we're all very interconnected and we're all pieces of each other's soul. And I think Think that we could even expand this into understanding when you have like someone that you meet, like Christine for me is like a soul sister. We probably are sharing a piece of our soul. I know. Anyways, so I have this download and all of this like information lands in me and it really helped me understand the reincarnation process in a more concrete way, which again, I don't believe that anyone can say this is hundred percent all the information. I know it. I I believe that these are really beyond our human capacity. We can feel it, but maybe not understand it with our brains fully. Mm -hmm. And so this experience really uh, tapped me into this quantum part of my soul and tapped me also into the process of like what I need to do for my own healing based on experiences that I've had in past lives, in a quantum sense, that are subconsciously affecting me right now as Eliza, but creating that conscious connection allows for this channel to really solidify and the information and wisdom to flow so that I can basically be like a conscious and unconscious computer of what I need to live the most aligned, happy, healthy life that is free 
of mostly substances, maybe substances that I choose from occasion, but, mm-hmm. but dependency. Sure. And by the way, those, those substances may not be, oh, I'm taking medication or I'm going out and doing mushrooms or whatever, like whatever it is. It, it could be, uh, I need to go shopping. Like I need to fill myself up with, with things, right. To feel I need, oh, you know, I need be. these things, right. There's, there's so many areas. It's not really just, oh, I need medication or not. There are lots of areas where we search outside of ourselves for things to make us feel better when what we're arguing is, yeah, those things are great. We're not saying that not have nice things, but we're saying, even if you didn't have those things, even if you didn't take fabulous trips, that you could still feel this really beautiful sense of, of harmony and vitality within yourself, not needing those external forces to feel that. And I would also just like to say, medication is here for a reason. So there's a reason that it exists. There's a reason that people take it. And so I'm not here to say, don't ever take medication. Medication is bad. I can only speak about my personal experience with medication. And for me, getting off of medication was life-changing for me. But that's not to say that medication isn't right for someone else. We're really just stressing the point that only you can know what is best for you. And really to create trust within yourself is activating the inner physician. That is right. Okay. So um, yes to all those things. But Eliza, I think there's a really fun piece of your story that you didn't quite get to when you were at the graveyard and having this incredible experience, seeing this, your soul as a mosaic. So tell just tell the last piece of it. Oh my gosh. How could I forget <laughs> the best part of the story? So I'm getting this download from Spirit. And as I'm getting this download, our tour guide is reading a poem of this woman who we were at her grave. And what, what's her name again? Can you say her name? Or do you not want to keep it? I, I, I don't want to say it just okay. because okay. it's, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's known. She's okay. known, but that, that's all I'll say for now. Um, but she, I, she's clearly a writer. Anyway, so she, he was reading one of her poems and about two lines into the poem, he stops and he looks at me. And I think I was like crying at this point too, because I really, I could not keep it together at this graveyard. You were having a transcendental experience. Yeah. You just saw mist come up in this full multidimensional experience of moving pictures and sparks of light. I mean, that would move you to a pretty emotional state. Oh, I was hysterical, by the way. Like, and I, every time I've been to this graveyard, I am hysterical, which is also strange because I can normally really keep my emotions in check. Right. Anyways, so I'm sobbing. He stops the poem and he looks at me and he says, you know what, Eliza? I just feel called that, you know, you, I would love for you to finish reading the poem. And you would think that the hysterical girl is like not who you would ask to articulate this like beautiful piece of poetry. But, but I read the poem and it was a really like significant and life-changing experience. And it's a, that day is some, is a day I will never forget. There was, by the way, there were other kind of life-changing things that happened at that graveyard, but those will be relevant to other episodes of our podcast. Um, And we'll definitely talk more about that. So I think that the reason that this piece is significant in terms of your inner physician 
activating. If from my take on Eliza's really beautiful story was that she, A, was guided to go to Israel. Something within her said, right now, today is the time to like book this trip, take this trip. Then she was guided. She came into sort of um, conversation with this inner physician. She could hear the call of this is, the, these are, she didn't know why. She just trusted it. She just trusted, I need to go to Israel at this time. I need to go and book this tour to this graveyard. So it was like this inner physician guided her to this place in time and it brought this level of healing for her to connect with this being that was a soul fragment of, of hers, we'll, we'll call a soul fragment, that had, by the way, there was some trauma associated with that particular life um, of what this soul experienced that was there a bleed over for Eliza in this life now? Maybe. Clearly, because what he, the piece of information that he shared that she had done that connected into me as a very young child blew my mind. It was a reaction to, um, I, I might as well just, I'll say it because I, it's going to be confusing otherwise. But part of this woman, she put herself in the line of fire and she ended up being abducted and tortured. As she was tortured, she would sing. And that is like a very strange, unique uh, reaction to being tortured. Yeah. And one thing that no one knew, which now everyone's going to know, is that when I was a child and anytime I was upset, again, I was not being tortured, but, you know, I was upset like kids get upset. I would hear a voice in my ear telling me to sing. And I would always sing to calm myself down, which is also interesting because I am a terrible singer. Like I have no singing abilities whatsoever. And yet that's how I have always calmed myself down. And not a soul on the planet knew that. Like my parents didn't know that. I never told anyone that. So hearing that this is what this woman did, like hit me so deep on like a guttural level. Okay. So I have to bring this thought to this particular thing that singing for you calmed you down. It was connected to in this life. This is what she did to settle herself and calm herself. Singing activates your vagus nerve. So if you just want to look at your body, humming, singing is a way to actually bring this sense of peace, this sense of coherence back into your body through activating your vagus nerve. So in that life, there was some inner physician like listening to, okay, right now I need to be, bring as much calm energy into my body as I can, as much peace as I can in this really horrific moment. And then that voice that you were listening to, that inner physician as a child, that you already being so young, one, you probably had this bleed over, but two, you were already open to this inner physician within you to have a tool to bring a sense of peace to yourself. I love it. I love it. And that's really on a, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, what this looks like is when you're in moments of anything, just really tapping into what your needs are. And that's the inner physician working. And that can be as tangible as following your cravings because food is medicine, I believe. 
Yeah. Or need I need to go for a walk, which is me every day, right? I need to like, I need to get out for a walk and all of these things that, that we talked about. But I think that maybe we should talk about um, some other ways, some other things that can get in the way of your relationship to your inner physician, because it's a call and reply, right? It's, this is conscious. This is you not just waiting to hear a, a disembodied voice, but this is you being conscious about, no, I know that I have this aspect of my being that's always working on my behalf. It's always waiting for an opening to come in and bring me signals and messages. Fear and doubt. Let's talk about fear and doubt. So again, the inner physician is at work at all times, but when we're particularly nervous about something, so, and health, at least for me and Christine knows this, the one like actually pervasive anxiety that I get is around health. I am sure it's connected into other lifetimes, but I occasionally will have to call people close to me and be like, okay, I'm being crazy right now. Right. And they're like, yes, you're being crazy Mm -hmm. right now. Um, crazy is probably not the right word to use, but being, um, I'm, I'm out of my, you're, you're sort of activated in an, in a, in a fear-based way around it. Totally. And so I can speak to that experience of the energy of fear coming in of like, oh, well, what if, what if it's not what you intuitively know that it is, right? You always are going to feel that intuition. So intuitively I'll know everything's fine. Also logically everything's fine. But then you have fear coming in like, well, what if it's not fine? And so when there's fear involved, it throws you off balance a bit. So it can be harder to really ground into the energy of the inner physician. So what do you do in that case? You want to really ground yourself first. So grounding your physical, because that's going to ground your spiritual. It's all coming into um, like alignment and, and a really clear channel So ways that you can do that, Christine, and I both love to walk. Mm -hmm. Even taking baths can be very grounding and clearing and making sure to also like feed yourself, nourish yourself when you're in. And that's also the thoughts you think and the things you say to yourself. Those all of those factors are going to create the best environment for you to get those clear messages. And sometimes those messages will be, Hey, go, go see a doctor. Yeah. Um, It will be, go see a doctor. So I think a little bit what you're describing is the difference between your awareness, the, the communication from your inner physician, like this intuitive knowing versus the what is and the fear. So the what is and the fear arise when the mind takes hold. And the mind has these constructs that are built around fear and what ifs. The mind's a beautiful thing. The mind is here trying to keep you safe. Like, like, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that, right? So you, you are, but it can, it, the, the mind can become overactive. And then when it takes hold, it is really loud. It's, it becomes louder than the subtle messages we're getting from the inner physician. So it's almost like I sometimes think about the mind like, like a guard dog. And sometimes you need to, it's doing like, it's really trying to do its job. It's really trying to keep you safe, but it's like, it's barking too loud and you can't even hear yourself think like you need to throw that guard dog a bone somehow. And how do you throw it a bone? What Eliza's saying, you take a walk, you, 
you you ground yourself, you meditate, you listen to some binaural beats on headphones, you do something to just say, shh, I just need you to settle down a little bit, quiet down. So you can hear this information from the inner physician that's trying to bring you wisdom. And this wisdom, these keys to this other realm of information, it's more quantum than just bringing the information because as you, as you connect more and more deeply with this inner position, it also almost has a gravitational pull that can start to emanate from you to draw to you. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's um, a person who tells you about, Oh, I saw this great doctor who does this thing, right? You start to come into this alignment with more possibilities of new paths, new information. But it's almost the more and more you come into this belief that you have this inner physician, the more and more power it has to transform and revolutionize your outside world to bring to you these different situations, these different peoples in the way that Eliza was drawn to go to Israel. I mean, she's clearly in like, in really great communication with her inner physician that she that she's really led in this way to find these keys to healing different aspects of herself. Absolutely. And it it really does open up that channel of communication so that your needs can be met and that you really are leading this healing of yourself from your quantum self. And what I also love, well, I don't love the fear, but what's very interesting is that a lot of those fears that are, that come in and that doubt from the mind are also unconsciously connected into past lives. It's why some people have certain phobias coming into their current incarnation that make no sense, right? So someone might have a deathly fear of airplanes and they've never been on a plane or never been in a plane crash. So you're getting this sort of stimulus, stimuli inundating you with the energy of fear connecting into that expanded self, but yet you consciously going into that expansion, it, it's almost like a cycle, right? So you can sort of recycle that fear. So that's the old energy from other lives affecting you. And then the channel is clear so you can also recycle it out and ground back into your knowing and your intuition. So it just creates this really beautiful like machine of communication. Yeah, I, I am 100% agree. So coming back into some ways of, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the things that may get in the way of our relationship to our inner physician. And then some of the ways you can enhance that connection to your inner physician. Um, One is if you are someone who is struggling with something mental, something physical, really trying to overcome any shame that is wrapped around being sick mentally or physically, because that creates an even stronger box that holds you trapped within that energy. That shame is, um, it just puts these restraints on you that make it much harder to float out into this realm of possibility 
and new ways of being, new ways of thinking. So I would say really working to let go of shame and blame also, like the shame and blame sort of go hand in hand. So when I say the blame, that could be maybe you're very angry at somebody else. And I we've talked about forgiveness. It's not always easy to forgive, but forgiving yourself for whatever part in it. And if you can forgive, whatever whatever areas you can forgive is is helpful in transcending it because blame and shame don't align with the energy of healing and wellness and vitality. Those energetic states of being are really incoherent. And we're trying to move you to a place of aligning, being led by your wellness, not being led by your illness or whatever dysfunction is happening within you. We want you to, your North Star should be wellness in terms of getting there. Also believing that you're powerful. So a lot of times when we are in right the fear of sickness or maybe you're dealing with an illness, that really puts us into lack very easily and rightfully so. And listen, when I get the flu even, uh, I start worrying, am I ever going to be better again? Again, we've talked about I have some <laughs> some stuff I'm still working on with health anxiety, but <laughs> Shifting that into, no, I am so powerful. I am so healthy. I am vital. I am well. I am abundant. When you are telling yourself that, you're moving yourself closer to that vibration. So again, of course, there are some things that you know are outliers, right? We're not talking necessarily about those cases. We're just talking about ways in which you, the majority of people can, can enhance their, their wellness and tap into the inner physician. Yeah. And when you, so moving from a state of, I have the flu, I feel terrible. Am I ever going to be okay? Like, oh, my body must really need a rest. I am going to really enjoy watching Netflix for the next three days. And I'm going to do nothing and give myself space to just heal and not move and, and rest. Trying to change your mind about what's going on a little bit can be helpful with that. So I th- think we want to talk a little bit also about this idea of coming into even a greater sense of your personal power, right? When it comes to healing and wellness. And I had a thought about that and I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up, but I think I will. So I had this thought about, okay, we are in charge of our own body. You can think of yourself like to have a visual about what this is, that you are the king, the queen of your kingdom, right? And so ultimately, if you ha- if you were a king who had this kingdom, all of the power would ultimately fall with you to make the final decision. If you were a good king, you would find the very best advisors that you could. You would have, you would, you would consider, you would take in all of this information and you would listen about how do I help crops? We're having, you know, fights with some like neighboring country or whatever it is, right? And you'd get all of this information from trusted advisors. But the king is the person who ultimately makes the decision. The king never gets his power away. If the king gives his power away, he's going to get overthrown really quickly. So if you yourself start to view someone else in your life, a doctor, a a coach or whoever it is, 
if they have the final say, if you have given your power to them, you are easier. It's easier to get overthrown. So what I'm saying here is you are the person like the, never give your power away. Pull in the best advice you can, because that's what a really good queen does. That's what a really good king does. But you are the person who makes with authority and knowingness, you make the final decision based on what is best for your internal kingdom right? Because you're the person who has to live in that kingdom. And the advisors are only there as just that. Even your your family, your friends, you are the person who is ultimately in control and feel that sense of internal stability within yourself to make those choices. And that internal knowingness that you can trust yourself. I absolutely co-sign and love. <laughs> I love that. And I actually have nothing to add. I feel oh. like that's really the takeaway. That's the that's the takeaway. Okay. Be your own queen, be the king and you know, feel that sense of true power within yourself to knowing that when you've you've received the best advice possible, trusting that the decisions you make are in your highest good and staying open to this channel of communication between you and your inner physician to help guide you. And remember that your body is technology. So if your gut is saying yes, trust that. If your gut is saying no, trust that. I love the the visual too of going out to all of the best advisors. So even if you have the best advisor in the entire world telling you something, but you're, it's not resonating with you, trust yourself. That's really what I want the takeaway to be here. Yeah, I agree. Trust yourself. And I think doors will open for you as this connection strengthens. I wanted to put in one more tiny little visual in before we're about to wrap up here. But we're talking about the inner physician and there's some different ways that the inner physician actually can talk to you that we don't even really realize. We're talking about muscle testing. Muscle testing is when you go, that's your inner physician talking is telling you a yes or a no. Muscle testing is you put your arm out, you go to a kinesiologist and they ask questions about what's going on with you. I've done a lot of muscle testing with something called NAET. Um, and it's it's, we could have a whole podcast on NAET. It's an incredible therapy. Um, so your body is literally, you don't know in your conscious mind, but your body knows. That's your inner physician knows. People use pendulums all the time to ask questions. So do I need this vitamin or that vitamin? Is it a yes or a no? Your, your pendulum is accessing this realm of information. So, and there's even more, and Eliza mentioned like cravings for certain foods. So there are these ways that we are already using our inner physician. We're just talking about you having the ability to more consciously feel into this, um, realm of information and have even more knowingness because it expands. And the more you connect like any muscle, the more you spend time in communication and conversation, the greater the flow of information that happens. Absolutely. And just to speak on cravings and also you can also hear what you need. So it, it'll come as thoughts mostly, mm -hmm. but I went through a season where I was dealing with some medical issues and I was really trying to get my body to a good place. And I was doing all the things, right? I was seeing doctors. I was going to acupuncture. But I was also like, okay, spirit, 
help me get to where I need to get with my body. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had never really eaten squash before this season of my life. And I started craving a lot of squash. And so I naturally was just like, all right, cool. Like healthy girl era, eating my squash, living my best life. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting with spirit and saying, okay, spirit, what else do I need to do to support me in this journey of getting to where I want to be and healing this medical condition? And I heard you need to eat squash and pumpkin. So I was like, great. I've already been eating squash. And of course me, like a little researcher, Google, I got to Google and I was like, okay, Google, are squash and pumpkin good for this sort of condition? Turns out that exactly what doctors would tell me I needed to do with my diet was what I was already craving and what spirit had brought in. So let that be another example of inner physician working and how, you know, we are tapped into our body, but also the beyond to uh, accomplish the goal of healing. Absolutely. And I want anyone who hears heard Eliza's story. I mean, of course, that's so powerful. And you think, oh, well, that's Eliza. This is what she does. She talks to spirit, right? So she can hear that. No, anyone can. It's Eliza has refined and worked with this energy and she believes in the power of it. So we're going to talk a lot about how to develop, how to move into this greater awareness. But what we're just suggesting is to begin to open those channels even more because your spirit, your inner physician is every bit as much talking to you as Eliza's is talking to her and mine is talking to me. Absolutely. And I also want to add that I did heal that medical condition. So that was years ago in the past. It hasn't, hasn't bothered me since. It took a minute to, to heal. Uh, and it took, listen, I saw a doctor. I saw an amazing acupuncturist on the Upper West Side. Thank God. I saw friends who are in the spiritual space. I talked to spirit. I ate differently. Like I did all the things, but I did heal myself from it. Well, that's a really, that's a really good point because typically when you have this constellation of different avenues to help work with one like malady or situation is where you're really going to like expanding out into several different arenas to help is often very helpful. Yeah. And I have to say too, that this situation that I was in, I saw a doctor who was very helpful just for information, but what the doctor said about what would help me actually didn't help me ultimately. So I believe that it was a combination of everything. So you healed yourself from that condition using your inner physician. Ultimately, ultimately that's where the power came from. You were the queen of your kingdom and you took care of business. I love it. I think that is a perfect place to end. As always, we've already gotten some great questions. We will figure out how to have Collins. Thank you so much for joining us. It really means a lot to have you here on this journey with us. We want to know you. Until next time, I can't wait. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for staying with us. See you next time.